This is a Props.com production. The Bostonian is Matt Perrault. This is our f- city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are the Bostonian versus the book. You covered! You covered 12! I covered! Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus the book. How do you like them, Matt? Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news, Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here we go. What's up, boys and girls? It's a Tuesday. Welcome into another episode of the Bostonian versus the Book, presented by the Betfred Sportsbook app. It is a day where we can bounce around a lot. He's the book, Dave Sherapin. I am Matt Perot, the Bostonian. Robert Latal from Black Sports Online will join us here in about 15 minutes to talk about Dion Prime in Colorado, the transfer portal and everything else that's going on in the college football world, which is quite significant. Rams gear today, huh? Mr. Sheriff? Yeah, um, it's freezing in this house. It I is freezing. The sweatshirt. It's absolutely... Like when you, you can, I can just tell when I wake up that it's cold outside because my house was 65 when I got out of bed today in the house and I had to go around and say, who either turned the air conditioning on or turned the heat off. There's no reason that I can't feel my fingers and toes in my own house, (laughs) but that's what we were dealing with today. So yeah, I, I ramped up with the Ram stuff because you know, they play Vegas on Thursday, and they're six-point underdogs. Who who wants them? But the gear looks nice, so that, that's why we're wearing it. gear does look nice. 44 what are you degrees. wearing the UNLV stuff for today? Oh, just I figured I wanted something that matched the Brady stuff, so let's go on a little, little Dave Sherapan fit fit connect, trying to find the red. I don't have much red in my, in my repertoire. So. Do you believe they won that game? I can believe they won the game. It's the manner in which they won the game is what's so significant to me about this whole thing. And the, the I'm having, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm divorced now. I find this to be really funny. But have you seen the level of outrage that people are having at the moment when it comes to Tom Brady being three and one since the divorce? You and this level of outrage. I don't it's know. It's unbelievable. The level of outrage. Oh, it's but amazing. Yes, for divorce guys, they're thumping it like this. No, let's no, no, go. No. Let's go. That's not the point. No, no, no. It's not the divorce guys who are angry. The divorce guys are, are the divorce guys don't care. It's people who are pointing out that Tom Brady is three and one since the divorce. And they're like, ah, of course, blame the woman. It's always her fault. It's always the woman's fault. Always. Really? This is what we're upset about. The people said it's not the wife. It's the life or it's the life, not the wife. Which one is it? What's the it, wife, not the it? life? In the in the instance I was talking about was the fact that you had a, a distracted football player, baseball player, whatever, because of the wife. <laughs> so it's is Brady. One. So those people have does that argument hold water? No. Counselor. No. He won multiple championships when he was married to Giselle. <laughs> this is not he may have, I mean, maybe he's playing better for Tampa, but that was more on the Saints and the inability for New Orleans to hold on to a lead. I mean, you they can't couldn't hold to- on to a lead. They couldn't hold on to the ball. How many draw passes were there? Like- a lot. And it's 
You look at Tom Brady and you look at, you know, when we go back through time, you just can't do this. Like you, you just, you give Tom Brady the football with two and 20 to go the two minute warning and a timeout. It was a foregone conclusion. Like this was not, if he didn't do it, we would have been more stunned if Brady didn't do it. than Brady did accomplish what we thought was going to happen. It's so good. Um, because you see it, <laughs> they're six and six. They're going to win a division. They're going to host the playoff game. Some team is coming down there with all their hopes and dreams, and they're going to come to Tampa in January with an aging quarterback. They're beat up. God forbid, like, they're favored going down there, and they're going to lose. Whoever it is is going to go down there the first game, likely, and lose, right? And then Tampa's going to go on the road and get destroyed, destroyed in a playoff game. Really, they may upon. lose the first one, but I, I I can see them ruin. I can see them ruining someone's playoff hopes down there. Because what if what if it's the Cowboys? The Cowboys aren't going there and losing. Right, Good. right. So, like, I mean, the Cowboys right if it's now, Washington. The Cowboys are a playoff team, but the Cowboys are going to be a wild card team. So. Yeah. It, they're going to have to go on the road and play somebody. They're not going to catch the right. Eagles. The Eagles have a chance to clinch to the division. Uh, no, clinch a playoff spot coming up. Clinch this a week. playoff spot. Yeah. Uh, not the division, but they, I mean, most likely the Eagles are going to win the East. So the Cowboys are going to be a wild card team. How does it break out? What's the format? Where, where do they go? I mean, most likely Tampa is going to play a lesser team than the Cowboys, but. Right. We'll see how it shakes out. <laughs> I mean, I don't think the Cowboys would go there and lose. I don't know. I mean, Tampa has a chance to get healthy. That offensive line in a month and a half might be healthy. They that can't, could. Run, they can't I mean, run the ball on they anybody. Can't run the ball. On they can't run the ball. Anybody. I mean, it's amazing all. how poorly they are at running the ball. But Tristan Wirfs didn't play last night. If he comes back and plays that significant, they could get another offensive line member back later this month. So if they get their O line together, I don't know. The the receivers can make plays well enough. I wouldn't say that they're great, but you do have Godwin. I'm not sure what's going on with Mike Evans. Doesn't look like Mike Evans or Brady's not really trusting him the way that he used to. I mean, Brady used to look to him first and foremost. He ain't getting uh-huh. open. Mm. He's not just, he's just not getting open. It looks like it to me. I mean, again, I don't know what's going on down there behind closed doors and on the practice field and stuff. I don't know. If if, if we're running a book, I'd be like, go get all the Tampa money you can. Just go get all the Tampa money you can. To win it all? Yeah. Get, make that, get, find out what the highest odds are. If it's 40 to one, right. Make it 50 and go get all the Tampa money you can right now. Tonight, today may be a good idea to do so. If the playoffs began today, Mm-hmm. So there's one by two plays seven, mm-hmm. three plays six. Mm-hmm. Dallas goes to Tampa. Oh, maybe the Dallas can do us all a favor and win. But wouldn't it be <laughs> Dallas like to go there and lose? Oh my God. Lose to Tim. That's a Tom Brady just to make Jerry puke. You're like, really? Has Brady, Brady hasn't gotten Jerry yet, has he? What do you mean? He hasn't, beat, out? he hasn't taken out the Cowboys yet in a postseason game. 
He was supposed to take out the Rams when the Rams went to the Super Bowl. He came back in that game and had the bloody lip and all that other stuff. Right. He was supposed to win that game the way they yep. went down. And it didn't didn't hold on to do it. Didn't happen. Right. You know? Rams went so on. So the man. Rams got him. But other than that, um, yeah, Jerry Jones hasn't lost to Tom Brady yet in the postseason. So here we go. Uh, Dak Prescott on the road. Man alive, that would be th- such a thud to the end with, of the year. With six more wins than them in the regular season or whatever they're going to end up with more. Right? Yeah, I mean, right now, Dallas has three more wins. Yeah, they could go in there with three more wins. <laughs> be a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Everyone's going to be like, how can that be? How can that be? And then Tampa will win. And then Tampa will have to go to San Francisco and you'll get the story. Oh, Tom's going to come back to San Francisco and take them out and blah, 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 blah. And they'll go get killed. Wow. Giants are seven and four and one. Seattle is seven and five. Washington, seven, five and one. And then the drop is pretty far. I mean, the drop is to the Lions at five and seven. And the Falcons at five and eight. So, like, we really At have. At what point do you take off the the five and sevens and the five and eights from the in the hunt? We used to joke about that in risk room. When you see the graphic, right? 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. So we're five weeks away. There's five games left for most of these teams. Yeah. I would probably say you can add another two weeks to stay on one. the board. One more week, and then I mean, it. like, there's an ESPN graphic on right now. Best chance to make the playoffs. The Steelers are two percent. Like the Steelers are two percent. The Browns are four percent. Stop with the bullshit. Just take you them off the screen. You say ESPN have that graphic that the Cowboys have a higher shot to win the Super Bowl than the Eagles do. Which I was like, wait, what? I mean, it's almost like pushing the news, like the narrative of the news. Like you see it, the same news differently on the news channels on MSNBC versus Fox News. You see the same stuff like that on ESPN and different on uh, Fox Sports or us. Like, but it I don't make any sense. That number? That, that's impossible. The Eagles are going to win the division. <laughs> doesn't matter. They're going to have home field about the entire – like, what are you talking about? The Cowboys are on the matter. road. Cowboys have a better shot on the road than the Eagles do at home? What are we talking about? This is nonsense. Great question. <laughs> that's Absolutely. I saw it today. I was like, that's nonsense. How are the, what, wait a minute. How are the, the Eagles should be the odds on favorite to it's, win the NFC? Like what are we it's doing? It's probably the guys at the ESPN analytics thing or whatever or the thing they make the numbers up. It's just the same people to make the numbers up for the other stuff. You just make the numbers up and put it on a graphic. Let's go. So weird. Really, mm. really strange. Uh, Andy Dalton is now six and 21 oh. in prime time straight up. That is the worst record of any quarterback in prime time since the merger. I don't feel like it's his fault all the time. Like, that wasn't his fault last night. There were multiple opportunities where the guys could catch the ball. Ingram just gets a first down. But it's just a, how can that be? How can that keep happening to the same guy? Like, I don't know, man. Six I, and 21 is quite the record. I mean, that is. <laughs> You know, that's, 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 is that actionable info in your opinion? Is that an yes. automatic bet against every time? Well, I mean, not with the line, but straight up. Yeah. I straight mean, I up. Think you have to look at it and go, it was expensive, you know, to lay it last night, but in game, I mean, at one point it was plus 1500 on Tampa. It was as high as 25. Was it really? I only saw 15. Wow. It was the highest 25. 
friend of you know you you know Mitch Moss was yep. on his show this morning on on recent talking about it, and we texted a little bit uh, when after I saw the clip. There's, there's been problems with people getting bets down in game, not just out here but everywhere. Mm-hmm. But recently, there's been some issues with some apps here in town. Another friend of the show, Raheem, is having some issues. There's a lot of stuff going on in the space that not a lot of people are talking about that if they were really wanted to talk about, they can reach out at least to me and I'll tell them somewhat what's going on. But I just that line was high. It was way out of whack. And a lot, a lot of people were able to take advantage of it. Do you mean problems getting down live in terms of amount of money or just getting a bet in period? Period. Doesn't matter the amount of money. The book wants to take your bet, whether you're a rhombus, a parallelogram, a sharp, a square, a pro, or a Joe. The book's trying to take as much bets as they can when they can. The problem is the books aren't even on the fastest feed. The players are definitely not on the fastest feed. It's a problem. The books are playing defense, and they're you know what they're doing recently? It's happened to me this week. Just turning the game off. <laughs> yes, I have seen that. It's starting. There's a couple places turning the game off because they don't know this guy's betting ten thousand. He must know. He must be ahead. He must have a faster feed than us. The hell with him. Well, that turns it off for everybody. So if you're betting five dollars a pop, you can't even get a bet in, and it's getting aggravating. It's a problem in the industry right now. But I, I thought, to- and, and we'll get to Robert Littell here yeah. in just one second. But I, I thought. In Vegas, I thought every app had to be done. They can automate it, but it had a person had to be there watching it. No, nope. so it can be t- entirely automated. Yep. So if if it's automated and you can't get a bet down, now like, turning it off is turning it off. Mm-hmm. But if you're automated and you can't get a bet in live in game, and the, the feed is still up, that's just a software glitch, is it not? Mm, maybe no uh, there's 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 a couple different answers can you just turn it down the problem is that i know how it all works right and that my consultant fee is going up every (laughs) fucking day because i keep going on these shows and people asking me like hey how does this get fixed and i go oh i know how it gets fixed they're like what do you mean tell us yeah you got to bring a suitcase fly me there (laughs) and i'll tell you until then i'm not telling you so like i could tell you but i ain't telling the world okay because they don't want to know that's the other thing the books don't want to know nobody wants to say the truth right now you okay you you know we got a searing hot take of the day things are all coming to light in 2023 in a bunch of different ways in this space well well, the in-game betting is a whole nother issue Interesting stuff. All right. So yesterday we talked a lot about Deion Sanders going to Colorado. It's a game changer. He's already named his son, the starting quarterback. We've already heard of up to 200 kids that want to transfer into Colorado. They put out the video in which he basically told the kids that when I come back here, most of you in this room will not be here. I'm going to be replacing you. He made the line of, well, you know, I'm coming I'm bringing my luggage and it's Louie. And that got a lot of people's attention going like, okay, here comes prime. 
Robert Littell, Block Sports Online, put out a video yesterday. It was pretty interesting about the dichotomy of Deion Sanders, that there's the Deion Sanders and then there's the prime personality. And Robert joins Boston University the book here today with us. Robert, Matt and Dave, how are you? Hi, how you guys doing? I appreciate you having me on. Well, listen, let's just get right into this, you know, prime versus Dion conversation you had yesterday on your Twitter feed at BSO. Where can can both people exist in Colorado in your mind? Can Dion be the guy who wants to groom young men and make them into better people for their families while also wanting the spotlight, making, as he called it, the bag and being prime in that personality that sometimes gets him into trouble. Well, that's always, you know, been his issue going all the way, you know, back to, to college is that, you know, there is a Deion Sanders in there and, and you see it from time to time as far as how he treats the kids, how people kind of resonate with them, wanting to do better uh, for people. But that primetime aspect, what gets him, like you said, the, the Louis bag uh, yeah. is always there. And there's always this fear that the prime will overtake Deion Sanders, and that's when problems start to to happen. Now, he's at a different type of school. You know, they're not going to treat him like Jackson State did, like a, you know, quote-unquote, let's just be honest, black savior. Uh, He's there in the Pac-12. He's expected to win games, get to bowl games, get them exposure. So right now, everything is great, uh, but he's going to have to win. And he's not going to get the same type of grace that he got at his HBCU. So if things start to kind of go a little left, that's when we kind of really see which part of his personality is going to take over. uh, Because there's a very fine line between where prime is something that everybody likes and thinks is funny and accepts. And when it kind of crosses the line and people say this is too much. Robert, Dave here. Um, Primetime was one of my favorite players when I was watching football, you know, as a teenager. My boys in high school nicknamed me Primetime because they liked it and I knew what he was and I enjoyed what he did. I wanted to high step. I wanted to do everything that he did. Then I got to meet him one time. It's a whole other story for another time. But he talked about it and he had some great quotes. And when he's talking, he's engaging as hell. You can't get enough of when he's talking now. It's not about the location. It's about the destination. Jackson State to Colorado. How long is he at Colorado, Robert? And what is his next destination? Because the end is not Boulder. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think if you just look at Deion Sanders' career, it's all about the next bigger thing. You know, from Florida State to the Falcons, where the Falcons wasn't big enough. So let's go to the 49ers. They're, they're the biggest team out there. Well, they're not big enough. They're not giving me enough money. Let's go to the Dallas Cowboys. That's as Jerry Jones, as big as you can get. Oh, wait a minute, though. My, my career's going. Let me hop on that Baltimore Ravens, you know, bandwagon, you know. So it, it's always upward and onwards. What's the next, you know, big thing for, for Deion Sanders? And I feel like Colorado, similar to Jackson State, is just a stepping stone for him. Uh, he wasn't assured that. He was going to get a power five uh, job. You never know. You go back to Jackson State, you lose some players. You know, if you go six and six, those jobs, you know, dry up. So if you take Colorado, he doesn't need to do much. If he gets them to seven and five, eight and four, 
whole game. And, and he shows that he can turn around a, a program, a power five program that was one in 10, one in 11, and get them to respectability. Now people in the SEC are thinking about it. People in the ACC are thinking about it. People in the Big Ten. He has, and I think he knows this, he has to prove that his style works in the Power Five structure, uh, and mm-hmm. not just in the HBCU structure and that culture. He has to prove that his culture, his way of coaching, his way of thinking can work in that system because we know it's a different system than the HBCUs. Robert, you called him and he's seen by some as a black savior for the HBCUs, Jackson State. But he goes to Colorado, a state that by most estimates is four to six percent African-American. How how does this or does this have to work immediately? Does he have to win right away or does he get some time there? Because it feels like he's not giving himself any time. He's telling the world he's coming in. He'll win right away. Well, I don't like I wouldn't think like one year. I don't think if they went, say, three and nine, anybody will panic after one year. But I do think there is a short period of time where people will get tired of the, like you said, the the funny quotes, the 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 high, you know, just they would get tired of the Dion part, the the prime time part, if the winning is not there. And I think that's really what he's right now. I mean, there's nowhere to go but up, you know. So <laughs> if they just go up a little incrementally, I think everything is fine. But as you get into year two, three, and four, if they're not seeing those type of gains that type of it's just like you know it's like going to church if the preacher is telling you everything's gonna get better but you keep losing your job your wife left for you your, your, your electric got turned after a while you go to church and you're like you know something you know it's not working you know for me i need to go listen to somebody else amen that's actually that's that's actually exactly what happened to me robert i was listening and he was talking and i turned to my dad and i said dad he ain't talking to me anymore and I had to take a break from all that. That's actually really well said. Um, so Dion, and you talked about his career and his football playing career and his baseball playing career opposite. And I've heard Dion say this. I was the best at what I did. Why did I have to do it in so many different places? Hmm. And it was really interesting to hear him say that. But then after his playing career, he got into broadcasting and then he did that and worked his way up to being on the NFL network and must see TV every single Sunday, summarizing the weekend games. Then he decided to be a coach and people still are going to say, what is he doing? Why is he doing this? I'll ask you this. Do you think he wants to coach in the NFL someday? Yes, I, I think Deion Sanders like as a, a head of, coach, Robert. Yeah, like a lot of people, I think he's addicted to attention. You know, when you've been that big of a star since you were 17, 18 years old, and you're in your 50s now, either one or two things happen. Either you get tired of it and you kind of just disappear, or you continually crave something that's going to give you more attention. I mean, that's why. There's a camera crew everywhere he goes. That's why it's a hype video of him walking around the facilities. That's why, you know, he got, you know, the Jackson State situation is interesting. Like, part of it is, yes, he helped Jackson State. But Deion Sanders is not going to be at a, at a place where there's not top-notch facilities, where he's not fi- flying first class, where the uniforms are not fresh. So a part of that is him needing that for himself 
no matter where he's at. And I think I think he's getting bored. I think he'll be at Colorado and at a certain point he'll get bored, maybe hope to go somewhere else. But here's the thing. Dion is not going to go the traditional route. He's not going to be an assistant. You know, his, his, his mentality is not like that. So it's always going to be head coach or, or bust. So I, I could see another college position, potentially, and then with the idea of making it up to the NFL and it may be GM or, what, you know, whatever it may be, I think as long as Deion Sanders is on this earth, he is going to be looking for ways to have people talk about him. Robert, people who are fans of Jackson State and HBCU universities, some of them are upset. I mean, game day went down there to go basically because of Deion Sanders. They just went and won a SWAC championship. Dion had said he wanted to improve all HBCUs and not just Jackson State, but he wanted to do a lot for the historical black colleges and college football. And now he's gone to Colorado, gone to the Pac-12. I don't think they should be upset. I think it should be happy that he brought all the attention that he brought. But do you understand? Is it justified? People are angry that Dion left? Yeah, I mean, I understand. I like I feel like you like, you know, someone getting a better job is not something that should make you mad. I think what happens is, is when you are a race of people like the black community uh, that's used to being underutilized, under promoted and and not getting the type of funds and not having the best facilities and always trying to fight for every single thing that you get. And then somebody comes in and shows you what the possibility can be if you are getting some attention, you are getting some money coming in, people are caring about you, people are paying attention to you, you get used to that. And then all of that is kind of ripped away from you and you're hurt, you know, by it. Um, the example that, that I've been using is when President Obama, you know, won office. You know, you felt proud because if a black man could could aspire to the top, you know, position in the United States, that gave people a lot of hope. But then when he leaves office and you kind of see things roll back to the way they were, maybe even in some cases worse than the way they were, you get this feeling like you can never achieve the top level. And if you do achieve the top level, if you see someone achieve the top level, they're going to leave you, you know, high and dry uh, for the establishment. And, and I think that's more not specific to Deion Sanders. I think that's just a part of being black in America and seeing these things kind of happen to you over, you know, centuries and just having a real sensitive sore spot about it. <laughs> That happens even just in general with your boys in your neighborhood and, it, you know, even kids grow outgrowing their families. Mm. That's across everything. That's I mean, I can see it what you're saying with being a black thing, but that's a, that's a everything. People should take a little bit more joy mm. in be happy that it happened, not sad that it ended. And yeah, and, and I just want to point out that's that's really what we need to get where ideally it's the whole going all the way back, especially when, when I was a teenager, a young person it was like, you know, if you left the hood, you were a sellout, you know? Right. And, and, and I used to think of these things like when I was a kid, it was very interesting. If you were smart, that was like a negative thing in the black right. you know, community. But then as I, you know, went to college and, and things like that, I, you know, the smart people were the popular people. And, and you know, and, and, that, and you know, I would, you know, the white people that were smart, they were popular in their high school and in, in college and stuff. And, I, you know, you start to learn as you become an adult, like we've been kind of brainwashed to that. We have to stay 
or we're a sellout, as opposed to the best way for us to bring everyone else up is if someone takes that first step on the ladder. So, you know, I, I use the example sometimes with other communities, when someone is going up the tree, their community's pushing them up the tree to get to the top. Whereas other times with, with our community, they're getting pulled and they try to pull us back down. And in that mindset, we have to really get over to, to be able to A, uplift and, and do further. But also with all the things that are trying to pull us down, the last thing we need is ourselves pulling ourselves down. So it's like a, you know, a double whammy. It doesn't Amen. make sense for like if if there's a next Dion, like we, we all I've always say when people like used to come in and work for me, like I'd want them to go on to bigger and better things. Because that means I could go to somebody else and say, look where I just put somebody like I know Jackson State to Colorado is a unique jump. But at least it shows that you can go to that level of football and get a power five job. Does it not? Yeah. Uh, so like I said in my video, it, it, you know, you can't put it all on Deion Sanders. If anything, he just showed you if you put a little more effort in, you know, what could happen. So to me, it's like it's our responsibility to go to ESPN, go to Stephen A. Smith and say, hey, or, you know, don't just go to game day because Dion's there. Every year they have a, a SWAT championship. They have a, a big game or they have an undefeated team. Every year, there's no reason ESPN with 19 networks and all of these weeks in the season cannot go down there at least once a year. FS1, Fox Sports can't go down there once a year. Valley Sports, all of these networks can't go down there once a year. There's no reason that Nike that has billions and billions and billions and billions of Adidas, billions and billions, can't you know, outfit these kids you know, with, with uniforms and helmets. There's no reason that the HBCUs that have been around for hundreds of years, so that means thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of alumni can't get this money together to hire a big name coach to get the facilities that they need to to get. It's embarrassing that Deion Sanders had to say, "My team doesn't have drinking water. My team doesn't have a you know we 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 can't practice if it rains." That's insane for a country like the uh, United States of America to have a college and have a a coach say, "My team cannot practice because we don't have drinking water, and if yeah. it rains, we don't have the proper drainage system." for our practice field. So that's a problem that should be taken on by, by everyone. So just because Dion left, that doesn't mean that the same things that they were doing when he was there can't be done. It doesn't mean the job is over. It means yeah. you got to work even harder now because yeah. what he did opened it up and now he's gone, but he didn't leave to, to bury it. He left it to grow. And it's up to whoever stays back to water it and nurture it and get it to where it needs to go. Last one for me, Robert. It's been a pleasure meeting you. I can't wait to follow you more and, and get more of this. Um, Dion also said in, you know, in one of the videos that in coaching, you either get elevated or you get terminated. And he's, this is, it's just so it's, it's two sentences, but it's so true. I coach kids now. I love it. I can't get enough of being around these kids and, and learn. And they teach me more than I teach them. But can he handle the losing? What if he goes right now to Colorado and can't turn it around in three years or whatever window they give him? Can he handle the losing or is he will he be done coaching then? You know, I think he'd be done. That's just my opinion. I think the way he is hardwired, it's 
he's always been successful. Whatever he's done, whatever he's tried, and like you talked about before, he tried multiple things and he was very good at everything he's done. He went to Jackson State and turned around the team in three years and had them undefeated. I think there's no doubt in his mind. And to be honest, to be someone like Deion Sanders, you have to have a level of confidence. You know, you can call it arrogance or whatever, but it has to be like above your average human being. And no doubt in my mind, he believes that if he gets his players in, he gets his system in, that he can turn the turn this program around in a couple of years. Now, if he comes to find out that it's a little harder than he thought, you know, the, you know, you're dealing with a Power Five conference, you're dealing with teams that have you know traditionally been a lot better than Colorado. Uh, I do think he may he may you know take his ball and go high step, you know, on into something that he's more you know he can feel like he can be more successful in. So it's an interesting, I would say experiment but as a black person you want him to succeed just like for any black head coach any black quarterback any black person period to succeed because like you said the most important thing is there's such a spotlight on us and we have a little bit of a shorter leash than uh, a lot of other people if we fail it seems to hurt other people down the line but mm-hmm. if we succeed then that gives opportunities for more people. And that's really all we're looking for. We're not looking for any special treatment, any advantages. We're just looking for equality and the same opportunities and chances that everybody else has. Robert, we'll we'll wrap with this. Let's play a what if game here, because at Jackson State, we saw Barstool give the number one recruit a million dollars in the NIL deal. He's going to Colorado. We've already seen that their boosters are ecstatic about Dion coming in. Is there, and no one will say this publicly, but is there a, a worry at either a Pac-12 school or other schools, SEC, whatever, that Prime going to Colorado, if he does win in today's current culture, that he could be really successful? Yes. I mean, if, if he went to Colorado five years ago, I don't think this would work uh, at all. Today, you know, where they can give you a Bentley, <laughs> they can put you in a music video with little baby, and everything is you know good with that. You know, you know, I'm, you know, I'm an Ohio State Buckeye. I'm in the mall. I see C.J. Stroud in the Express on the poster. <laughs> you know, wearing Express shoes with with Steph Curry. So the, the climate where now, and they may not all be five star recruits, but if you can get a, a bunch of three and four star recruit, a bunch of transfers, and you're a good coach, you have good assistants, and you coach them up. You know, the, the difference between a four-star, three-star, five is not as much as people oh. like to think. So, you know, I think his personality, it seems like he's bringing in coaches that he reminds me a little of Jimmy Johnson. I never thought Jimmy Johnson was a great, like, X's and O's coach, but he was a great with people, and he brought in coordinators that were excellent at what they do. I feel like, and like you said, today's climate, you know, where Dion has access to LeBron James and Steph Curry, you know, Ray Lewis, can, and Michael Irvin can come down to Colorado and work with the receivers. He has a shot. He definitely has a shot. Robert, good stuff, man. Thank you for the time. We appreciate it. Thanks, we'll do it man. again soon down the line, all right? Oh, no problem. Anytime. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate you guys. Have a that is Robert Latal at BSO on Twitter to follow him. Black Sports Online joining us here on the Boston University of the Book. Good stuff there. And, and I guess that's where we're going to pick it up because he just, Dion just hired the Kent State offensive coordinator to come on over. Not this year, but last year it was a top 10 offense in the country. 
had mm-hmm. kind of a down or down year, but top 50 offense in the country. So if he does surround himself with really high level talent, I think in the NIL world, and look, we've talked about this with pro teams, right? You can have good players in a bad team. So you got to get them everybody. You got to get everybody on the same page. You got to get right. them all to, to buy in. Right. But West Coast kids are going to be watching Colorado. High level West Coast kids are going to be thinking about it. Listen, if he can get the money there, he can just go get them all there. Like there's a lot of kids that are going to go, listen, you go to Colorado, you're going to get paid and coach prime is coaching. You're going to get all the cool gear. You got the best uniforms. What, you know, the, the school is like third, fourth, fifth on the list. And, you know, Robert said it. You got to still think of the school. Colorado's a good school. I mean, there's a lot of people to, you know, graduate successfully and go on to great careers and all this other stuff. I don't know how much of that party's selling. You know, when I talk to coaches with kids, I ask them, Nothing but those questions. I don't, the, the, the game, the transfer portals change everything. If the coach sucks or your experience sucks, you can just leave. You used to be married to that school. I don't know if it's better or worse, but at least it gives the kids a little bit of choice. Kids are going to have a big choice to go to Colorado. Would How, you be I, in, would you be in favor of the transfer portal not opening until after the bowl season? Yes. Yeah, I think that might be a change that's going to happen. I mean, how do you how, how do you practice? Like after all this, like you know, when do you have to go to the transfer portal today, or can you go next week? Well, kids want know. out. Second, the regular season ends, the kids want to leave. The kids want your semester's over. Like you know, take UNLV for a second. Like this is study week for UNLV. Finals week is next week. If UNLV was going to a bowl game, they would have played in a bowl game like December 18th, 19th, or 20th, right? So they'd be practicing right now. Kids don't want to practice. They want to leave. They want to go practice with their new team. <laughs> so they take their finals early and get out. And they know that they've, you know, they don't have to be there anymore. Whole thing's a mess. It is. It's a complete and total mess. And I, you know, we'll get to a story here in a second on it, but I mean, there's a website that's having to actually do a running thread for who is transferring, who is not, and who is playing and who is not. It's a really complicated game right now as to who's going to be available and who is not going to be available. How do you bet these games? Like, I mean, how do you book these? Chris, who was on yesterday talking about making the numbers and stuff, we used to just literally just put up numbers and then just hope and pray and change. And the funny thing is that not a lot of people are betting them. You know, sometimes you get a railroaded on a game. A game can move seven to ten points. The quarterback decides to not play, and then the wide receiver decides to not play, and everybody's playing as a backup, but they ain't got reps, or you didn't know they had reps. Uh, what do you do with the game? It's the I don't know, and I don't know if the playoff is going to solve that problem. I really don't. Well, I mean, we've already seen a star whiteout at Ohio State decide that they did not want to be in the playoffs to, to prep for right. the pros, so. There's, I think it's a case by case basis. I mean, I think it's going to be, you know, I'm, I'll be very curious to see how this whole thing kind of, kind of plays out on this. Um, I know you can't bet on this at most onshore books, but mm-hmm. w- 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 is the Heisman race over in your mind? 
everybody telling me it is. I mean, is it over? Who I, else would you I, bet? Is it Caleb Williams? Is he is he winning this thing? I hope it's Duggan. I mean, I hope it's Duggan, but I don't think it's going to be Max Duggan. I have a fifty to one ticket on him. I know you do. Phenomenal. <laughs> That'd be great. But you got, I mean, Stenson literally Bennett, like finding money. That would be so awesome if that happened. But, but Stenson Bennett is the one name that kind of made people go, "Wait, not Hooker?" Like, I yeah, know Hooker well, got hurt, but shouldn't Hooker have been invited to New York? Did Bennett go last year? To the I think so. To the event. I mean, I think I he was know. invited last year. Yeah, because he was better last year than this year. So I think he was invited last year. Yeah. Right. I don't I don't know. I don't remember. But but why isn't Hooker there? I don't understand this. So he got hurt. He missed two games. Okay. So what? He still was one of the leading candidates for the Heisman for most of the year. It's it's a metaphor for life. Out of sight, out of mind, right? The, the game's yeah. in. You're gone. Yeah. You're hurt. You're out. Goodbye. Good lesson for kids that want to transfer to Colorado. Just be careful what you wish for. You know, sure. be careful when you enter that transfer portal. You know, there's, there's, it's hard. It's really hard. Um, I was surprised when I saw him. I thought Hooker was, it was those three and Hooker. And that's because in this maybe race, maybe Hooker couldn't go. Because in this race, Caleb Williams has won the Heisman. It's not even worth watching the TV, it's not even worth watching the show. Do you watch the Heisman like you used to? Like no. I used to watch that every single year was must-watch television. But we're older. I mean, when when we were younger, I think we were more inclined to care emotionally. I guess, yeah. It, like doesn't it doesn't carry the same? I don't know. Like, it had a it had a certain thing, right? Had a thing. You needed to see who won the Heisman. It's a perfect yeah. weekend to do it. There's one game: Army Navy. Bet under. Just keep betting under, and at and. Yeah. Um, so, like, uh, I was on with Moose and Keith again on Monday, and Moose votes for the Heisman. He waited oh, wow. until after championship week. Did he reveal his vote? No. He said okay. he's not allowed, but he's going to huh? talk about really? it next week. Yeah. Not allowed to. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, he I, that's what he chose to, to say. I don't know. Okay. But um, it was really interesting because – you know, Keith was peppered and pretty good with a couple of questions that, that were great. And we were staying away from the betting angle of it. But yeah. He's a voter. Yeah. He, yeah. But he was like, you know, I wait until championship week every year. He's like, some people don't. They don't no, want to don't want right. to factor those games in. Which way would you do it? Wait I, until I'm, the last possible second. I, you ha- Don't you have to, if you're not positive. Before the championship, even if I am positive, I'm waiting. I mean, I'm waiting all the way. I want the full body of work. Championship games are included in the full body of work. If I, if Max Duggan had gone out, hurt a guy who doesn't play in one. Sure. But that's life. Opportunities aren't presented equally, right? You get an opportunity to shine and you do. And you go, if Max Duggan had a 99 yard drive ball on the one down by six, a minute 10 to go, one timeout. And Max Duggan took TCU straight down the field. He ran the ball 40 yards. He threw the ball for a you know game-winning touchdown. That would absolutely influence me on the Heisman. I'd go, you know what? Caleb Williams lost 
his championship game. Max Duggan just won his. I'm voting for the whole body if, of work. If, if between those, right? And I mean, really, C.J. Stroud hasn't C.J. Stroud hasn't been in this conversation, in, in my opinion, since October. Him being invited is ridiculous in my mind. I mean, both Bennett and C.J. Stroud Tyler, being there. Tyler just said that uh, Bennett wasn't there last year. Bet Smart okay. U.S. He said Tyler was or Bennett wasn't invited last year. Stetson was not invited last year. So Bennett wasn't invited last year. Stetson was not invited. Stetson Bennett was not. Yeah, invited Bennett. Yeah, 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 Bennett. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He was Jay right. I mean, okay. Stetson and Tyler said Bet Smart. Okay. Or, or <laughs> said Bennett. So, yeah. But it's look, I mean, that's fine. You can they only vote want. three deep, too. They vote one, two, and three. And it's geographically and you know. And regional guys influenced. go, which is strange. Right. Like somebody, it's a quarterback award. My my only problem with the Heisman right now is that Blake Corum should be there, and Blake Corum not being there is the same reason why Hooker's not there because they both got hurt, which I think is stupid. Secondly, we have the Johnny Unitas Award. We have an award for a quarterback. Who is the best quarterback in college football? The Johnny Unitas Award. The Heisman Trophy. Is supposed to be for everybody, most prestigious, but it essentially is a quarterback award. So that's my only problem with this whole thing. Is I want to see more offensive linemen. I want to see more defensive players. We're just too stuck on the catnip of a quarterback, and it always has to be a quarterback. But we have the same. It's I mean, how many game, times do you it's see reflective it? Reflective of the game now, though. The game is a quarterback game. So the Johnny Nice Award winner and the Heisman Trophy Award winner, I would love to go back and see when did How it many split? Times, How right. many times did it split? How many times did you get a vote on either way? And then I want to know the criteria as to what you chose to vote either or, because it would make sense that if you win the Johnny Unitas, you're going to win the Heisman. Like, <laughs> Correct, right? Like Golden Globe Oscar used to be. In, right. You know, yeah. media win awards. Win one, you win the other. And yeah, it's not. You win the first it's, one, you pretty much a lock to win the second one. And it's that's not a, happening. I mean, right now I think it's happening. I don't know, but they, they try to make it say like, Oh, that's not the case. It's a different award. Okay. But you know, four quarterbacks are there right now. And there are a couple of really good players or one non quarterback in Blake Corum who yes, missed the Ohio state game, got hurt during it, I guess. And then you say, okay, no, you're not going to go to, you're not going to be there. I, I don't know. I, that's why you ask me, why have I lost my, the shine on the Heisman? That's why. Because it just it feels like it's not the same as it once was in terms of total body of work. I mean, I don't know if a defensive player will ever win it again. I, I remember the uproar when I was nine years old and Hugh Green didn't win it for Pitt Ooh. back in the day. And he was the best college football player in football. Desmond but, Howard, kick returner, wide out. I mean, Charles Woodson, DB. Just a rarity. And Dominican Sue got invited to the to the Heisman right. front, didn't win it, but he got invited. I don't know. So did uh Manti Teo got invited, didn't win it, came in second. Right. It's just interesting. It's just a, the, the award criteria, I think, needs to be explained a little bit more to the public as to what exactly wins you the Heisman trophy. I just, you know, that's uh I just bet it because I wanted to have a story one and I wanted to have the best CLV in the world. And I in knew the history that 50, of the world. I knew that 50 to one was too high when I saw it. So I took a little just shot. And I mean, you could, I mean, in the South, 
I don't think it's crazy that people in the South might very well vote for Max Duggan. It's possible. How many people saw Caleb Williams play all season? West Coast people only. But then it, but the, the problem is it turns into a popularity contest. So you start very, getting that momentum, right? Everyone's saying, well, oh, it's going to be Caleb. It's going to be Caleb. And then someone has the pen in their hand and they're like going to go vote. And they're like, oh, wait, I don't want to be exposed. I'm going to run with the masses. Everyone says Caleb Williams. Well, look at this. Tyler said Kenny Pickett won the Unitas last year and Young won the Heisman. Okay. So I dig it. How about that? That a boy, Tyler. Thank you, sir. That's smart it's US. It. Follow him on Twitter. It's interesting. Uh, so the Action Network, back to the transfer portal for a second. The Action Network right now has a running list of opt-outs and injuries for these bowl games. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I mean, this Who's, is a brilliant idea. Whose job is that? That poor don't know, but it's like Damn. I mean, so, some of these teams, Ooh. I mean, it, it's, you know, you look at teams have got people in, I mean, like Pitt, right? So Pitt's playing UCLA. They're all leaving, right? Pitt's all Tony, leaving. Tony, the Tiger Bowl. So you've got Pitt's playing UCLA and Tony, the Tiger Bowl. Yeah. In the Sun Bowl. Oh, it's the Sun Bowl. Sponsored Tony, by Tony the Tiger? Yeah, by Tony the Tiger. Not by Frosted Flakes, but by Tony the Tiger. <laughs> Hold on, I'm but, confused. Isn't Tony Tiger the Frosted Flakes Tiger? It's called Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl is the official name of the bowl game. But Tony the Tiger is from Frosted Flakes, so I don't know. <laughs> just There's a bowl game after a bowl of mayo. Who does? I don't argue. I don't ask. It just, it's just, it's none of it makes, it makes any sense. None anymore. of it makes any sense. But they're, I mean, how do you bet on Pitt without Slovis? I mean, they've lost their starting quarterback. Hey, the kids better. They got Nick Patty and Nate Yarnell. They've combined for 32 passes this season. Nate Patty and Nate Yarnell. <laughs> 32 pass attempts this season. One of the kids that produces start. one of the shows is named Yarnell. His last name. Oh. I have to ask Sam Yarnell if that's his brother or cousin or something. Nate Yarnell. Yeah. About that. Is there a connection? I mean, with a month of practice, sometimes can that be better? I mean, I guess so. But, I mean, I don't know. You've got every good player like this Courtney Jackson kid from Syracuse. He's opting out. The best two defensive safeties for Minnesota, they're opting out. Um, Would you play? No. I'd play 100%. No way. If I if I had a check waiting on the other end, no way. I'm playing. I'd play in the playoffs. I'd 100% play in the playoffs. I would not play. And I'd have to really sit down with a lot of people and be explained why I shouldn't play. Because if I'm leaving that team and those guys, and I'm going to be like, look, man, I'm going to the NFL. It's been great. I've been spending four years with you on blood, sweat, tears, and all that stuff. But it is about me right now on the way out. That's the way that you're going to leave those guys. And when they see you again, first thing they're going to think of is, you know, you left. But again, if they're in that room with you and they understand that it's a business and they understand if they were in that same situation that they would do the same thing, a lot easier to not put the pads on and just be on the sideline and cheer for your boys. So, I mean, it's the, the equivalent of having the red pill and the blue pill, right? So you take the red pill, the red pill is going to give you first, second, third round pick. 
can make anywhere from 10 million to quarter of a million guaranteed money. One of the two blue pill. You can play, you might win. You might increase your chances. You might get more money, but you have a 30 to 40% chance of potentially getting hurt. It's that high. I mean, every time you play football, it's, you know, 20, okay. 25%. You have a one in four shot of getting hurt. Maybe not catastrophically, but you get hurt in some form and maybe you have a 5% chance of having it being serious. Are you going to risk it? It's yeah, not how big a, of a gambler you are, right? I'm right, risk adverse. Exactly. Yeah. I'm risk adverse. I want right. guaranteed money. <laughs> right. So for me, I would, right. I would hundred percent not play and sit there. And, but, but a playoff is different because a playoff, you're playing for a national championship and you have a chance to win the whole damn thing. Playing Which for in the Tony, the what? tiger bowl. It means a lot. It means a ring is championship. It's what you play for. You play for championships. It's why I played. I played to win championships. That's why I, of, I love sports. Of course. So I, I mean, ship. Sure. So if, if you go ahead and play that, so like the, the, that's where the, the, that's, I want to play to win at all. So I would play in the playoff hundred percent, but in the Tony, the tiger sun bowl. No, I'm not playing the Tony, the tiger sun bowl. <laughs> it's always so sunny there. Great. It's, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's in New Mexico or is it? In, yeah. El New Mexico, Paso. right? Isn't that in El Paso? El Paso, Texas. Yeah. 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 Right. right. Close, El Paso. close border of New Mexico and Texas. Sure. <sighs> yes. Great. I mean, fun, blue, beautiful. I mean, enjoy it. Warm weather. Have you ever been El Paso? Driven through on my way to Me Vegas. Too. Driven through. And I was coming through. And we <laughs> didn't stop. These... No, wait, 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 wait. Did you stopped. You ate it. You ate at the steak place. You eat the no. large steak and you get it for free. Hold on. El Paso is El Paso the town that's on the border? Close, yeah. Right? And there's massive amounts of cartel stuff that goes through. No, it's on the border to New Mexico. It's not what am I thinking of? South border. What am I thinking of? San that's Antonio, where we stopped. Maybe. Were you that far? You went all the way down to the bottom of I Texas? You drive across the top when you're driving across. From oh, no, I was, I, I, I was way down in the south. I, I was, oh, because you did you come from... Alabama came from Houston. Oh, yeah, no, no, so, yeah. no, you know, it's, no, it's El Paso. El Paso is on Juarez is right on the next side. Yes. We, I stopped and slept there. I slept there on my drive from Vegas to, from Houston to Vegas. Oh, my parents were not happy. My mom, my mom was not happy with, 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 with my sister. They were not happy that we slept in El Paso, Texas, man. Yeah. We stopped and, uh, you know, hung out, hung out for a bit. Cause Juarez is right next door. Which Laredo. Is, Right. No, it's no, it's at El Paso. Juarez is right on the border. It's right. Okay. Juarez is the city of Juarez is like war zone. That's because of all the drug trade going El back Paso and forth is across on the border. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I slept, I slept there. We so. drove through. Not a bad idea. I wouldn't I recommend. I would not. I would not recommend <laughs> stopping in El Paso, yeah. Texas. It was an interesting night um, to go there. So I was listening yeah. to a book on tape. I was like, "Yep, we're going to keep driving." Not much to see, yeah. But did you stop pretty, in New Mexico at all on on the way, or did you drive through the whole state of New Mexico? Did we stop? I took a picture of the of, of the "Welcome to New Mexico" sign. Did the same, and I don't think I stopped because I had to get to Tucson. Oh, to, so okay. we were. It was New it Year's. Way? It was New Year's. There was a thirtieth. We had to get Man. to Phoenix in time for New Year's Eve. So I think I just booked it all the way through New Mexico. I think Damn. I did, did it all in one straight shot. Didn't stop. Just went. My back locked up and I was like so bored because New Mexico was so boring. I stopped it's in Tucumcari, New Mexico. 
Ooh. Look it up. To come carry. T U to C U M A R I. To come carry. I would go back to Santa Fe, though. I've heard amazing things about Santa Fe. Yeah. Well, so I would. Go- I would someone's recommendation, I would try it. If you guys <laughs> like it, we'll come to a show down there. There's it's casinos and stuff in New Mexico. We'll come to a sports book show. Oh, are the casinos are kind of depressing, but <laughs> they're kind of sad. Compared to over quiet part out loud. What are you talking? <laughs> Sorry, this is just kind of just heard the kind of depressing. But all right, so everyone's been waiting for this conversation, so we'll get to it. Should a shootout loss count against the Boston Bruins streak? Hold on. So the Bruins lost. I'm going to let you go first and tell everybody why. Because no, 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 no. I'm just saying. Okay. So this streak had been done twice. The Panthers did it last year, opening 11 and 0. And the previous team, I think it was Rangers in 1963, 1964, had won 11 straight games, gone 11 and 0 at home. When the Rangers did it, there was no such thing as a fucking shootout. Correct. Okay. (laughs) If you had told them a shooter, they'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're going to line up and play fake hockey. That's how we're going to determine who wins this thing. One on one. One on one. It's really stupid. So technically, there's a donut still on the Bruins' home record. (laughs) That that zero right there, if they had lost it in overtime, that zero turns to a one. But they didn't. They lost it in a shootout. And that's a one. It's 14-0-1. So I think the streak's still alive. I don't think last night was a loss. I think last night was Mickey Mouse. As ridiculous as your argument was about Deshaun Watson six games, 11 games, Uh in which you were 100% wrong, that argument right there is actually makes a lot of sense. (laughs) And I think (laughs) if I had to decide... I was waiting for you to come on and whine and cry and bitch and moan and all that stuff. That actually makes a lot of fucking sense. I mean, I'm just saying it's, I get it. The Knights won. They got two points, but the Bruins got a point. They did. (laughs) So like, if you lose, you don't get any, any constellation prize. You lose, you lose. So if the the Knights had won the game in overtime, I would have gone, okay, the streak is over. But because the NHL requires somebody to win because people don't like soccer and they don't like ties. So they had to figure out, well, we can't be like soccer. We got to have an outcome. One team's got to win. So we're going to line up these guys and go one-on-one with the goaltender. And that's how we're going to determine who wins the game. The Vegas Golden Knights won the game. Congratulations. But you didn't beat the Boston Bruins at home. You won in a Mickey Mouse event. It's, but like in a sports book, you grade it as a loss. 100%. Hundred percent, and and I know, you know that I am wrong. I'm just saying, in terms of if we're counting losses, so loss. I don't know if you count that as a loss. Like that's not in the word it's a loss, of L. Matthew. It's a loss. Has, I, I'm, I'm a not. Loss. I'm not saying it's not a loss. It is a loss. You lost the shitty way, one. but you lost. Yes, but the record is 14 0 and one. The New York Rangers in 1963 would be like, "What's that third number? It's either one or the other." Times no, change. <laughs> I'm just saying change. Panthers did it last year. So you can say, Hey, the Panthers are 11 and 02 to start. Okay. But I don't know. I, I think the streak of wins in regulation or overtime consecutively, that streak is still alive. Wins in regulation is or overtime. Didn't win either. They tied. Correct. In regulation. They didn't lose. 
So the streak is not wins and regulations. It's wins and not losses. Okay, so it's okay. So you can word it in a way of number of games <laughs> played without the a way loss. It's worded. Well, you say number of games played without a loss in regulation or overtime. That's the record. <laughs> Anti said, "What a cringe argument." Next topic, please. It's not a cringe <laughs> argument. It's a le- legitimate argument. It it's a legitimate thing to look at. The Vegas Golden Knights won the game last night. Absolutely. Yes, they. But I don't think the Boston Bruins lost that game. No, I lost it because of what we say. We have to decide it. People, I got to do the show with him every <laughs> every day. He Just said it. that. Did you hear that? Just say that again. You think the what? The Knights won, but what? The Knights won the game, but the Bruins did not lose the game in terms of a How streak of in losses. the fuck am I supposed to talk to this guy <laughs> like this every day? When they lost it because that. of what the league says. The league says the Bruins lost the game, but the Bruins didn't lose the game. The Bruins lost in shootout, which is stupid. Fair. You know, it's always been stupid. Change the graphic. What? Maybe he'll jump to the next topic if you change 14, the graphic, oh, You tell me what to do with the O. What are you doing with the O then? What's the O? You tell me. What comes after O in the alphabet? <laughs> P. Let's yeah, go P. 14 P in one? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Shh, just saying. I'm just pointing it out. that it, it, the, the way the, the NHL rules are just, the, the, I, I, I do not like People shootouts. People that bet the loss, that bet the Bruins in game and stuff, they want their money back because you said it's not a loss. Can they, they use should, your I, name I would, as a reference to go to the books? No, because the I mean the, the I I agree the rules are the rules. I'm just talking about from a streak perspective. From a cheap, from a streak perspective, the Bruins yet have not lost a game yet in my mind at home. They've not I lost a game yet. No, I can't help. Not you. lost a game yet. And Bruce Cassidy getting that win that was pretty <laughs> sweet for him. I, I a tip of the cap for him. But they blew a three nothing lead. They blew a three nothing lead in that game. What? I'm dying. The boys in the chat are flowing. I just looked out. Auntie said he's howling on the 215 right now, driving almost right the car. That smart Tyler said this sounds like some backwoods Connecticut logic. <laughs> backwoods Connecticut. Connecticut Josh Garland just said exactly void my bet, please, since they didn't lose. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I, oh. I bet the Bruins are regulation, so I lost regardless. It didn't matter. They, they'd lost. They'd, if Bruins had won in overtime, I still would have lost. So I bet the Bruins in 60. And But the Bruins came all the way back, down 3 nothing. They had to have 3-3. Three, three. I, 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 I love what I saw last night out of the Bruins. I mean, oh, they started off really slow in the first true. period, and they just they – oh. they're not out of any game. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. They're not out of any game. It's fun to watch. I mean, those are games that down 3 nothing. that you pack it up and move on to, okay, congratulations, you got – nope. They're going, we're not, you're not giving up an inch. We're coming after you. And overtime, the Bruins had surpassed Pasternak had such a beautiful chance to win the game in overtime. Oh, such a beautiful look. Didn't, didn't bank it. So yesterday the Celtics were dogs for the first time all season in Toronto. They ended the total came so close. Yeah, it's 58 and a half. It got to 56. Yeah. They ended up winning the game. Blew them out. First time as a dog, right? I don't know how many times we'll have to go through and look, and the boys in the chat can go through and look if they want to help us out. But the Bruins are going to Colorado on Thursday. How about this run? Or Wednesday. Colorado that's Lakes. Wednesday night. Colorado, they go Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, right? That's, that's Sunday the they're here, right? Right. Sunday they're here. Uh, Bruins go, their schedule is Avalanche tomorrow. Um, 
Arizona on Friday, Vegas uh-huh. on Sunday. I love when we catch them off of that. That's great. Um, that's the hell of a game tomorrow night. Dogs, dogs in Colorado. There's well, no lineup yet. We should know. DraftKings, DraftKings should have a number up, right? I don't have it. Really? I don't have it. Thought they put it up one day ahead of time. Always for the. NHL. Oh, they did actually. They just put it up. But I okay. listening to the show. Minus one fifty. Bruins or Abs? Minus one fifty. The Bruins. It's a little steep. Yeah, Bruins. Well, they are. Wow. Avalanche are plus 130 at home. Yeah. How about that? That number won't be close. That won't be close. Plus 130. Take that at DraftKings right now. You can take, I don't know. I take Colorado there at plus 130. How can you do a do they put the three-way up this early? They don't, do they? Oh, they do. Take the Avalanche in 60 is plus 205. Bruins even money. That game went to overtime yesterday. <clears throat> yep. But Bruins killed Colorado in Boston. That's why. Yeah. Five to that's, one, right? Final? That's still too high. That's going to be that's a fun hockey game. It's a fun trip for the Bruins. And I'm not so, I mean, um, Arizona, not so much, but at Colorado, and then they come here on Sunday. Right. <clears throat> they take on, the, take on the Golden Knights again. It's yeah. a good test for them on a on a West Coast swoop on that. All right. Uh, time for the Omaha Steak Searing Hot Take of the Day. Mm-hmm. You guys are saving 30 bucks at checkout if you go and use the promo code BVB right now. The steak experts at Omaha Steaks put together special curated gift packages to take guesswork out of the gift-giving season make you that holiday hero in your workplace or in your family. Go to omahsteaks.com. 50% off the site right now. Plus BVB at checkout saves you an additional $30 off your order. Minimum order may be required, but 30 bucks off. Give a gift from the heart. A gift that we remembered with every unforgettable bite. Omaha Steaks BVB. 30 bucks, you will save it. The New York State Sports Betting Bill Mm-hmm. If this isn't being copied by every other state going forward, mm-hmm. I don't know. If you, I don't know if you really know what you're doing. And I know our friends in the industry are going to hate me saying that because mm-hmm. they don't like a 51% tax rate. Mm-hmm. But the numbers coming out of New York from what the state is making, it's pretty remarkable. The state's collecting tax money. A lot of it. Yep. A lot from January 8th. Use the tax money to buy the meats, by the way. I forgot to say buy the meats for almost days. Go ahead, sir. Continue. From January 8th to November 27th, New York online sports betting operators have combined for a $14.4 billion handle, $1.2 billion in, in total gross gaming revenue, and $616.1 million in tax revenue. The projection. So they're collecting the, taxes on the handle. On the handle. It's unbelievable. And so the budget projection for New York online sports betting operators would combine for 615 million of tax revenue during the fiscal year of 2023. That's April the 1st, 2022 through March 31st, 2023. Okay. Operators are currently on pace to blow that out of the water. 
at the moment from a projected standpoint, right? That does not even include the Super Bowl. This revenue that they're making, the tax revenue, the six hundred sixteen million, it's not Super Bowl. <laughs> they're going to make a ton more for fiscal year twenty twenty two in twenty twenty three. Why aren't more copying this? Because people are leaving the state. Operators are leaving the state. You can't make no money there. It's great for the. It's great for the state. It's terrible for the operators. You have to come somewhere in the middle. I mean, there's some states. So if Kansas is on one angle and New York's on the other, what? Because Ohio's not in the middle. That, that won't we know? Ohio's more on the Kansas side than the New York side. Yeah. Kansas, I feel, or Ohio, feel like you're giving a license to everybody. Because they kind of are. <laughs> Literally, and anybody. Anybody. I got another guy who's asked me about, you know, helping them do the stuff in Ohio. I was like, man, I, I don't know how you're going to make it, but that's a whole other story. Um, Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania is about a mid-30s. You know, I think Massachusetts fair. might be might be fair for both. Well, sides. Massachusetts, I told you, I give them credit for at least looking at all this stuff and pouring over it and not making rash decisions. The rush to for you know the people in the media to oh open up books. No, don't like get it fucking right is what you should do at the beginning because if you get it wrong, it ain't that much anyway. You made mention to me that opening a book on New Year's Day like Ohio is going to do is a difficult oh. thing. Why is that? There's too much going on. What day of the week is Sunday? The sun it's Sunday. It's Super Bowl. It's, it's, it's an NFL full slate Sunday. It's absurd. Week 17. That day, right. <laughs> With injuries and all this other stuff. And like, you got to move lines. If the lines don't work, you're going to be accused of not getting bets in. You got to make sure all the money's deposited with enough time to place the bets by one o'clock in the afternoon. Well, like, the problem is now is that people in Ohio are going to the state and saying Ohio State plays four hours before, move the deadline up. The bookies don't want them to. And they don't need them to. <laughs> Happy people on the planet will be the bookies in Ohio and they can big, they can book Ohio State's playoff game before the, the before the legal books go well, online. As long as Ohio State doesn't cover, they'll be happy. Right. Otherwise they'll, you know, because they could get buried. But yeah, that's I mean, that's one game. It's it's a big deal, but it's like it's it's not yeah. the end of the world. It's just right. they got to get it right. They should open that. Like when we would open a new property, we always did it on a Tuesday or Wednesday. Okay. Just to get us the kinks worked out by the weekend. It had to be a well-oiled machine by Saturday. There had to be nothing. If something was going to come up, and it always does anyway, mm -hmm. but at least you could troubleshoot it or fix it. When the shit's just happening, Sunday and the first day you open, it's an NFL Sunday, which other than a college football Saturday or college basketball Saturday, an NFL Sunday is your busiest handled day. You're going to open up a sports book for the first time in a state. Good luck. Not, not just one. Right. All of them. All of them <laughs> are going to go and the kiosks, all of them. I mean, they're Who all going to go. They're, <laughs> they're all going to be up and running on the first on New Year's Day. Oh, 
bunch of hungover people coming into a book to make to make bets and plays on an NFL game. And <laughs> I don't I don't know. I I think it's it's going to be fascinating to watch how Ohio goes and what they do on that first day, and are they going to be able to do it smoothly or not? If it wasn't going to be so cold and there was other things going on, I would go. Just to watch? <laughs> I would go. I would go and meet Brother Doug, stay at his place, and go go just watch the circus. But I got a great line from a guy that I hung out with at the book on Saturday. I'm part of the circus. I didn't come to watch the circus. Ooh. How about that? How about that? I'm putting that in the book when I write it. It's a good line. It's a great line. So I'd be very, I mean, it's, where does mass go? How much, how much revenue does Massachusetts deliver? We'll see a lot of these projections, a lot of these promises have been made, but New York is delivering. They're the one state that actually surpassing expectation for revenue. But like you mentioned, we'll see how long that goes because books are going to pop off and say, bye. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I mean, like big books are, are going to say, we're not here. We're not going to keep going. We can't. We're not making any money here. We're making you money, but we're not making anything. It's costing us more than it's worth being open. We don't need. Well, to if New York passes. Pay. If New York passes the the law that they're talking about right now, which will eliminate the bonus structures that books used in New York to generate some of this revenue when it went live, it could change. If that gets adopted in other states, that could be very interesting. If they say you cannot do this again, you can't give away $3,000 sign up bonuses. You can't do that. That's the new thought that the fallout from the New York times article about the way that Kansas did everything and all the incentives that were given to the players in Kansas to generate revenue, generate handle that might get changed. Now, the industry is saying you'll never see New York ever again. New York was a first, was a one-time thing. You'll never see a $3,000 bonus being handed out like that ever again. It was a unicorn. But California, Texas, and Florida, I don't know if I 100% believe that, that we won't see $3,000 bonuses ever again. I don't think you will, only because they've... People are starting to get hip to, to the game a little bit. They're starting to see what... I've been telling people for five years, ain't nobody listening to me, but I've been telling them and a lot of other people have too. And I think books are starting to really look, you know, look at the numbers. Legislators are looking at the numbers. Lobbyists are kind of being told like, yeah, we're good. We're not going to do that. We're just going to open up and we're going to use this as a way to do whatever it is we want to do, whether it's run a book, whether it's a Trojan horse to I casino or whether it's to back end guaranteed tax revenue to the state, they're going to figure out which way works best for them in each place and do it. That's business, I, right? I mean, that's, wait, that's definitely business, but it's, it, you can't make like the promises and all that other stuff. Like that's done. Those yeah. days of telling you, well, we're going to do all this money and we're going to generate all this handle, create all these jobs. We're going to, that's uh, people doing a little more research and going, huh, eh, not so much. Did you read that article in the New York Times? Really? <laughs> Hold on. Did you see that Kansas, what they did there? Mm. Hold on. Yeah, that might be the way that that was written really made people at the AGA mad. <laughs> and I don't blame them. I mean, it's a lot of clandestine, smoke filled whiskey, you know, very bad image, right? I mean, 
was a bad image because it was the gambling, but I mean, the, right. the lobbying industry looked horrible, horrible. Right. But For everything. But the gambling, but the lobby industry was able to use the gambling revenue to go the gambling opening, if you will, to get what they wanted because the lobbyists were getting paid by the books. So, yeah, I mean, it, both sides didn't look didn't look great, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how that plays out with with Kansas. Right. Um, I want to throw the baseball yep. thing in here real, real quick. The ad, Matt, that, that I, I popped in with. Roger Maris Jr.'s tweet from yesterday that was pretty interesting. So I was kind of following this, but kind of not following this. So they just came out with this new way of determining who is going to be in the Hall of Fame. It's called the Contemporary Baseball Era Players Ballot. I haven't even heard about this. This is great. Okay. Okay. So this is the panel was Greg Maddox, Jack Morris. Okay. Ron Sandberg, Lee Smith, Frank Thomas, Alan Trammell. They all get a vote. Yep. Combined with major league executives of Paul B- uh, Beeston, Theo Epstein, Derek Hall, Artie Moreno, Kim Ning, David St. Peter, Ken Williams, and other and three other and three other men, uh, media members who I'd never heard of before. They all got a vote. And they got a chance to vote in a player who had not been put in yet to the Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. The only player to go in was Fred McGriff. Needed 75% to be on, just like the normal ballot, had to be on 75% of ballots to get in. There were eight candidates that were available. Rafael Palmero, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, Albert Bell, Dale Murphy, Kurt Schilling, Don Mattingly, and Fred McGriff. Fred Fred McGriff appeared on everyone's ballot. He got 100%. Hmm. And then we had a tweet from (laughs) Roger Maris Jr. saying, I see the Hall of Fame did not vote Barry Bonds in today. I also think MLB needs to declare Hank Aaron and Aaron Judge the home run kings while they're making changes to the game for 2023. (laughs) What does that say that again? Roger Maris Jr., Roger Maris's son, right, said, I see the Hall of Fame did not vote Barry Bonds in today. I also think that Major League Baseball needs to declare that Hank Aaron and Aaron Judge are home run kings while they're making changes to the game in 2023. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> but I, I think this is telling, though, that contemporaries, people who are in the hall, do not want Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame. Does they that don't. mean anything to you? It's their museum. They're the ones who are in it. And they're, they're they, and forget me, you, media members, fans, whatever. They're guys who played the game, played with Barry Bonds. They're saying no, not writers. Pl- former players are saying no. Must have been the biggest jag off in the world. He was. I mean, my experience with him in the clubhouse wasn't good, but uh, play, players that played with him had to be, it just had to be terrible. I mean, there's not a person, I think, walking around that says, yeah. You know, Barry's a good guy. Put him in. <laughs> Not one. But um, do you think they still carry that with them? These guys are still judging on character, not voting on merit. Yes. Yes. Well, why Roger Clemens then? Well, why is Clemens and Palmero both out? Clemens was considered a good guy. Clemens was. Yeah, in most places, sure. I mean, uh, for a long time, Clemens not, was considered. Uh, not not exactly later in his career, but 
Yeah. Not exactly. I mean, listen, when you cheat the game and you're in the game and other guys can cheat the game. That's what I mean. That's, yeah, people, it's hard to forget. I don't know. It's, they're not getting in. It's crazy. Committees, the Veterans Committee might let them in, right? At some point. But the Veterans Committee is made up of guys like this. <laughs> it's made up of guys like Greg Maddox and yeah. Lee Smith and, you know, Ryan Sandberg. It's the veterans of the game. And if these guys who are the contemporary players who aren't the old timers, they're going to become the old timers at some point. Uh, I don't know. It's a hard thing. I just, uh, not I, just I think it's funny that Roger Maris Jr. will not let this go. Like he is not letting this go. <laughs> like he, he is not letting Barry Bonds, you know, or anyone for that matter that passed by his dad. He's not letting this go. Like he will. And in God forbid, Aaron judge pops in his career. God forbid that happens. Then what do you do? Do I, do you want to know? If Aaron Judge is cheating, not really, because it brings. I, all I mean, I really don't want to know. Like, I the, P- the PTSD is real. It's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna piss off so many people. But like, uh-huh. you know, he's, he's. Well, it caused it caused it would cause the hero. entire, it would cause the entire era to go into question. Everything. If he was able to cheat it for as long as when did he start? It was the whole David oh, Ortiz thing. Oh, you know, when oh. you were on the Mitchell report, but then you were tested throughout your whole career. So why were you on the Mitchell report? Yeah, but I was tested my whole time and I tested clean. Yeah, oh. but you were on the Mitchell report. It's Aaron Judge. Hey, yeah, you tested positive in 2026, but you know, were you using in New York when you broke the record in 2022? Well, I don't know. Like the, the, I hope to goodness it does not happen. Like, no, no, no. That causes everything to be a big problem. So Hopefully that does that does not happen. Uh, Brian Cashman got a new deal yesterday. Yankee GM is going to stick around. He's claiming that he is focused just on bringing back Aaron Judge, but some Yankee fans are not too happy, Dave, on this. And Brian Cashman getting a new contract here with the Yankees. He's been there for a long time. It's pretty impressive. It's very impressive. Fifty-five um, years old. Been there 25 years. Yeah. Um, Yankees have had a winning record in every year. The Cashman's been the GM, but they've not won the World Series since 2009. Right. I'm not, uh, I'm not surprised. He's done. I mean, they've been competitive. He's done the job that he's been required to do. And, He's uh, he's done it enough to keep the job, but I don't know. I mean, everybody focuses on the negative in sports and in life and in so many things and like, oh, we got to get rid of him. Who do you want to come in? What Fair. do you want him to do? Fair. He's win. put this team in position to win repeatedly. They got a manager who they can't stand. Everybody, these Yankee fans, they can't stand Boone. All he does is get him to the, I mean, yeah, he makes a lot of mistakes. He still wins. They get to the ALCS, seems like, every year. If George was still alive and the owner of the team, would Brian Cashman have been re-signed? If what? If George was still alive and still running the team, would Brian Cashman have been re-signed? Can't answer that. I don't know. No, because, I mean, he's he's a... (laughs) It's just no. 
Right? He's I mean, Boone wouldn't be the manager, and Brian Cashman wouldn't be the GM. Well, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but we well, what but we he, know is this is a long changed, time between titles. He like, changed it. I mean, he just re he, he changed. You didn't win for four changed. to five years. You were out. That was right. it. George had right. no time right. for you. Different era, different world. Right. I get all of that. But George Fair. Steinbrenner did not have any time for someone who was no. going to lose. The last time he would say, when's the last time we won it all? 2009. Yeah, goodbye. <laughs> like, right. You're out. Yeah. All of you are right. out. Goodbye. You do the RE gold. He'd walk in and just go, all of you, get the... Yeah. <laughs> and throw them all out. I like that. I don't know. It's interesting. Different times, different day, different era. But Yeah. Trey so, Turner? Trey Turner's going to the Phillies. Yes, Aaron is. Judge is going where? I don't got to talk about Trey Turner going to the Phillies first. Okay. This is so this is very exciting, but at the same time, I'm a little nervous for my guy Bryson. Yeah, he's gonna I'm, have to I'm, hit. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he just moves over to second base or Trey moves to second base and they take turns. I don't know. I haven't heard nothing yet. But I, I bet they don't know yet. I bet they're gonna go to spring training with the idea that Trey Turner's playing somewhere in the infield and kind of figure out where. I hope so. Like that's fair. I mean, Bryson earned it. That's what the Dodgers did with him, right? I mean, he played outfield. He played second, second base, played shortstop. He's everywhere. Trey, Trey Turner can be a multiple third base. He's a multiple use guy. So right. you don't need to come in and say, okay, he's our shortstop. Bryson, sorry, you're not playing anymore. I, I don't I mean, maybe Bryson's they do that. under club control for a number of years. Now. Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily They're see that being – that's not a logical thing. In my mind, that's not logical. You don't sign Trey Turner to have Trey Turner no. play one position. You tr- you sign Trey Turner because you know you have a chance to be multiple with him and right. to have him be, you know, able to play four or five positions for you and give guys days off and not have a production drop off. Right. I like the move a lot. $300 million is a lot of money, but – I like what the Phillies did there. I don't know where I don't know where Judge is going. I still don't know. Is he going this week? Or are they going to wait? I think they wait. This feels like a post Christmas thing. He may be the last one to sign. The winter meetings are great, though. Mm-hmm. They are fun, but. Uh, it sets everything in motion. I think the winter meetings will basically be like, okay, what are we talking about? Here's the parameters. And then once you've right. got two or three offers on the table, you then can go to everyone else and say, Hey, you sure, you sure, you sure. And that's when you may get a GM bites. You know, somebody out of left field comes in and says, you know, the Washington nationals or the <laughs> Red Sox, or somebody just says, well, wait a minute. They're going to give you eight for 40. What if we give you 45? And that's how that dark horse team emerges. And you're like, whoa, he's going there? I didn't see that coming. Somebody tweeted a picture of him in a Cincinnati red uniform yesterday. Yuck. Aaron Judge. I was like, wow. He'll hit 70 home runs. He'd actually challenge for for the record. He would if he was in that ballpark. Yep. But it's Cincinnati. If he goes to San Francisco, he doesn't hit 40 again in a season. Most likely. Yeah. I agree with that. I mean, yeah. But how many rings might he win? I mean, he goes home. You mentioned it. It's a good point. Barry hit, broke the record with San Francisco. So, not impossible. It's yeah. helped, obviously, but it's not impossible. If it ever comes out that Judge is using or did, uh, my kids uh, are going to be so pissed off. Like, they think Judge is so cool and they really enjoy watching him. And, you know, we've never met him, 
We've never seen them in person. Me and Jess have seen the Yankees play in he's person. He's big. Aaron Judge. He's, it's amazing. In person, he's a big it's, human being. I'm, I mean, like me and Bihau in Pittsburgh, when we went back to shoot that pit pirate thing, we went to the bus and watched them walk off the bus. We were eight feet away from them. And I looked at him and said, that's a football team. That's These aren't baseball players. Aaron Judge is a physical specimen. He's really Carlos tall. Stanton was bigger. <laughs> yeah, he's wider. Yeah. I was like, yeah, these guys were massive. And I kept saying, and so, but the kids, he's he's Paul Bunyan to the kids. You know, that we're a baseball family and we're softball and all this stuff. Like watching him hit them home runs is cool. They're gonna be so mad, man. So if, 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 if. That's right now. There's no reason nothing. to suspect it's it nothing. thought, yeah. but him in Tampa, does that alert that that doesn't mean anything like OBJ was in Dallas, you know, he signed him with the Cowboys, him, him wearing judge wearing a Tampa Bay Buccaneer uniform Jersey and hugging Brady afterward. He ain't going to the race. Is he? Come on. Be great. If he did, wouldn't it? What Tampa gives them a, a, half their salary. <laughs> We have a ninety million, we have a ninety million dollar payroll. Forty five million of it is Aaron Judge. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Set the world on fire. That that AL East. He went to Tampa. Ultimate heel turn would go to be to Baltimore. Would like actually, I like that. He'd hit eight zillion home yeah, runs. Yeah, he would. Yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd like that. Tell me it's not going to Boston, though. That's definitely not. They're, they're looking to cut. It's bad, bad right now. <laughs> Aggravating. Red Sox are yeah, not. I mean, articles oh, coming out in Boston. Red Sox are no longer a legitimate player in free agency. Red Sox are no longer a destination <laughs> spot for free agents. It's they got to be so happy that the Celtics are so good and the Brewers are so good because one hundred percent. Because I'm reading a little bit of the same stuff you're reading with. I'm like, boy, they're burying them up there. <laughs> They're really mad. They're really and, and rightfully so. I mean, treat them like they're the Pittsburgh Pirates, P. Ralt. Pitching staff, small sucks. market team. My right. ass. I agree. It's embarrassing. And and John Henry is. This is where you get the fan base that says, "Sell the team, man. Get out. Get out of here. We don't want you. Sell the team. We don't." And 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 Red Sox fans can start voting with their with their pocketbook. And that's the one thing Boston fans are smart enough to know that. You win when I give you my money. Get out of here. I'm not showing up. Cancel my tickets. Not doing it. I've seen companies, seen family members, seen it before where when ownership is not doing what they want, Red Sox fans just won't go to the games and then they have to sell the team and they got to, you know, figure out ways of, of doing other things. That's how they brought in Theo. That's all that said. That was the whole thing, you know, in, in the wake of all the losing to the Yankees that, Fans were just absolutely fed up and furious with it, and they had to win. They were, and that the new ownership came in, and they won four times, and now they want to do other things, and that's not good enough. But to un everything in Boston now has been elevated to the point where it's unreasonable. It's not normal. I mean, there's really there's talk about Bill Belichick getting fired. <laughs> like Peter King is legitimately Peter King wrote on Monday, my antenna is up for Bill Belichick's future. With an aging owner who is not interested in a rebuild and wants to win right now. Yeah. Like, you're not actually going to do what I think you're going to do, are you? You aren't actually going to fire Bill Belichick, are you, Robert? Like, (laughs) here's the funny thing that my brother tweeted me. 
if you could bring Tom Brady back, but you have to fire Bill Belichick in the process, do we, would you do it? Oh God. Would you do it? I think he's coming back with Belichick. I think he's coming back. I mean, <laughs> fair warning. If Tom Brady resigns with the Patriots, I'm going to be so fucking insufferable <laughs> on that day. I'm going to be so happy. <laughs> Oh my God. Could you imagine? Yes, I could because they'll go eight and nine. It'll be great. No, they won't. Yeah, they will. No, they won't. No. Yeah. I, 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 I think his burgers last year. It'll be great. Nine and does, eight. Maybe. Wait a minute. Does Brady look anything close to Roethlisberger? You saw what he did last Statuesque. night. The arm strength Statuesque. is fine. Ben couldn't throw the ball on the field. Okay. He is. He's his arm strength is, but much better. It is. So Toledi just came in and said Tampa's where the Yankees spring training facility is at. Of right. we know, Yeah. We yeah know, thank you. Thank you, thank you Brian. <laughs> but that's why he's staying with the Yankees. I think he's staying with the Yankees. I I, I do. I, I think I think it's he's entertaining it, but I think he's I think he likes where he is. And I think he's gonna be comfortable. Yeah. Being if they make him the captain, I think that's kind of the the last little bit. Has been a captain since Jeter. So just pay him. That's he didn't need to see. Give him the money. Fair. All right. So the NBA here and then to the NHL games, LeBron's back at the Lakers tonight. Everyone's betting this narrative. Do you buy it? Lakers plus five against LeBron's Cleveland. back at the Cavs tonight. You mean with the Lakers. What did I say? Sorry. You're with back Lakers. at the Lakers with the so, Lakers. No, with, with the Lakers back at the back at Cleveland against the right. Cavs. Everyone's betting over his points. Everyone's taking the Lakers plus five. Oh yeah. Can't lose. Do you buy this? No. I don't either. <laughs> this is, I mean, this is what people do, though. They bet it. If they're right, they told you. I told you. And if they didn't, oh, I didn't have it. To, you know, they had it. I didn't have it. Who gives a shit? I mean, it's not the first time he's come back. No, but he does play well against them. He does. Again, the prop market, I leave that to all the rhombuses and the parallelograms that like to partake in that. I don't really, you know... I'll look at it a little bit later. What's the number? Points, 28 and a half? I think so, yeah. 30 and a half? Without looking, I just guessed it, you know, because it's always the same. 28 and a half, 29 and a half, or 30 and a half. Uh, LeBron James points, 26 and a half. That's a little lower. The scoring must be down. Okay. LeBron, how many minutes is LeBron going to play? Um, uh, let me I like Cleveland in the game. Money line or lay in the five? Five. I'd lay okay. five. Um, LeBron is, yeah, 26 and a half. Just the, the difference is the juice across juice, the country. Right. Across juice different, over. Different Minus books. One, yeah. 125, 130. Correct. Yeah. Just depends on the book. Just make the number fucking 27 and a half or 28 and a half. <laughs> God, it pisses me off. <laughs> Shit. Why no, you no. do that? Minus one thirty, minus one twenty-five, minus one fifteen. Worry about getting middled. They're all at twenty-six and a half, but they're all at different. Um, yeah, everybody's got the same fucking thing feeding it in. Have the app work. <laughs> wow, Betfred's got the best juice of anybody in the country right now on LeBron. If you want it, what is it? Minus one hundred five. Twenty-six and a half. Yep. DraftKings. 
guys, DraftKings is at minus 120. Wherever the state you're at, tell them what you, we sent you to BVB and go bet that if you like the over. It's minus 105. What's it's the minus, under on that? It's minus 125. It's minus 130 to the under. So Somebody at FanDuel, it's, it's FanDuel is minus 114 to the over, minus 106 to the under. Betfred's the complete opposite. Betfred's at minus 105 to the over, minus 130 to the under. dramatic pricing difference right there you know what would really set off a bomb in the in the in the lebron scoring prop world move it to 27 and a half nobody <laughs> doesn't know what the fuck to do move the number oh we can tweet that sheet out tweet that shit out jc from kc came in and said lebron as a Lakers scored 38 46 and 32 in the games in cleveland see that's everyone's saying oh. everyone's betting everyone's betting it they're all betting for that. And minus 105 over 26 and a half. That's pretty good pricing. If you're in a, if you're in a bet Fred state, Arizona and whatnot, you guys can jump on that. It's a pretty good price Bam. for the run over 26 and a half. Uh, minus 105. It's really good juice. Sports great. Thank you so much. We will talk to you guys coming up tomorrow, midnight Eastern time for the replay. If you guys are live on Twitter and YouTube, don't move more to come with us here on BVB. Yeah. Uh, one more NBA game. Then we'll get to some co- hockey games. Denver's laying five against Dallas tonight. <laughs> <laughs> tough you game to bet. figure out either one of these. Yeah, it's a tough game to bet. This is not this is not a game I would want to be involved with. <laughs> no. This if my app works, I'll bet this ain't game in game. If my app doesn't work, I'll go to dinner and watch this game. I have TNT. no idea what to do pregame with this at all. Yeah, it's a TNT game. You've got two wins in a row for the Mavericks over the Knicks and the and the Suns, two losses in the road for the Nuggets against Atlanta and New Orleans. Both those games are on the road. Denver six and two at home. Mavericks are two and eight on the road. The line seems funny to me. Should be more. Can't trust Denver. Right. It's an absolute play on Denver, but you can't like you go to do it and you're like, mm, I, I was just, just, just Luca goes off. Right. Yeah. But Dallas is a Dallas is a fucking mess on the road. Two and eight. Bad, bad on the road. Uh, hockey, we go. The Devils are minus 430, Dave. It's not high. <laughs> Plus 330 on Chicago. Is that just a general principle play? Man, you bet Chicago with your money. I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. I didn't bet it. I bet the Devils. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't do it. 430 is something though, man. This is only gonna get worse. This is only gonna get worse. Um minus four thirty. Yeah, it's fine. Um, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> nothing to see here. There's nothing it's to fine. see here. No worries. Move on. We're we're all good. Your penguins are laying three dollars against Columbus. Um Penguins are gonna take care of business against Columbus. Some bad hockey teams emerging in the NHL, unfortunately. Chicago, Columbus. I don't feel comfortable about any of this. Any of it. That's too high, too. Agreed. But it's, you know. I can't bet the other side, but I certainly can't lay lay that $3 on Pittsburgh. I'm not going to come on here and advocate that. (laughs) That's not worth uh, the aggravation. I mean, I think about Justin in Vermont. 
and how much aggravation he had. At least he's going to get six million if he wins. <laughs> what am I going to do? Lay three hundred to win a hundred here and get that Argita. Lay thirty yep. to win ten. No, thank you. Anything in between, I'll pass. Yep. One game you can't pass on. You got to take a side. Toronto versus Dallas tonight. Minus one ten on both sides. Toronto Might be the game of the night in hockey. Dallas. This is a game of the night. Dallas. You like Dallas I tonight. Like, I like Dallas. You at home. I'll, I'll take the home team. Didn't bet it. Didn't play it. The steam's coming on Dallas. Yeah, Dallas is a side. So Dallas is a side. This is this is um. Dallas is a sneaky one of the best teams in hockey. Quietly, yep. No one's paying attention. Ain't nobody paying no attention. Yep, yep. Nobody. And um, because they were really good at the end of last year, really good playoff run. They're building on it, and people are still not paying attention to them yet. No, and they don't have like one guy who everybody can focus on or anything. They're just a good Tyler Sagan's there, but yeah, right, yeah. You know, fourteen, six, and five so far for Dallas. Yeah, they're four. They're five, one, and four. So in shootouts, they're really good. So there's a good thing to watch. If right. Dallas gets to a shootout, bet the stars. Yeah, they win every time, right? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> they're really good at shootouts. So yeah. can't bet that in game though because they take it down. Oh, they do. Really? You can't bet overtime in. You can't go and bet overtime during overtime if it's slow. Most of the time, they've already turned it off. They let you bet up to the opening face off of overtime, and then the guy leaves for the night for the thing. Yeah, <laughs> he clicks it. Come on, just moves All right. on to something. Uh, time for better to book it here. Dave likes it. He books it. He bets it. He doesn't like it. He books it. College basketball tonight. Jimmy V Classic. You watch any of this tonight? Which game was two of them? You got Iowa and Duke, and you got Illinois and Texas. I think I'm all in on this Texas stuff. Okay, good. That's good to see. We'll start with Iowa, though. Kempom has this as a one-point difference. I got three last night. Number has moved. It's wild. People are betting against Duke. It's now plus two and a half. I got plus three on Iowa. Duke does not score. Duke actually has turned into kind of a defensive-minded team. Iowa plays fast. Iowa can score. On neutral courts, I think this is a one-possession game one way or the other. It could be a really tight game. Fred McCaffrey going for, I think, his 500th career win or something tonight, and to do it against Duke would be pretty big. Not sure Duke cares a ton, but there'll be alumni in the stands where they play this game in New York because a lot of Duke fans show up for this. But I like Iowa plus three tonight, betting it or booking it. Man. I'll bet it. I mean, I book it. I'll book it. I'll book it. I'll book it. Going with Duke. Take Duke. I don't like it. I think I like the over best. To one position, you get two points of value according to Kenpom. If you're so inclined to believe in Kenpom, right? Totals right there. Kenpom is one forty-seven total one forty-six and a half. Scared to bet flip on a coin. I don't know. I'll just I'll book it. I don't I don't like it at all. I have no real strong opinion. Texas laying two and a half against Illinois tonight. Bet this. You like Texas. I'm on Texas tonight. I, I think Illinois has become a very popular team. Number really hasn't moved all that much. It's staying at two and a half. Yeah. Kempom has it as a five point win for Texas. Yep. 
So you get two and a half points of value there on Kempom if you're curious to to to, to trail such a thing. I just I, I think everybody really likes Illinois a lot, and I'm not really sure why. Like they got a couple of decent wins. Texas beat Creighton. They beat Gonzaga both at home. This is a neutral court game. It's not on the road. Won't be a ton of fans for either team really there for this game tonight, but I like Texas. I like Texas too. I, right. I, I've, I've watched them. I'm a little biased, but I've watched a couple of their games at a, that building. They're fun. I want to talk about a place that you want to watch a game now, college basketball game, watch the games in Texas, but watch them play. They're playing as a team as good as anybody in the country right now. And Chris Beard's a really good coach. Yeah. Uh, two hockey bets for us yep. here. Seattle against Montreal. I'm taking another puck line flyer <laughs> at plus 110. Seven or eight, seven last night. Wacko game against seven, Vancouver. Six. Seven, six, whatever the hell it was last night. Silliness. They got to turn around and play Seattle at home, <laughs> who's been very good. And it's very expensive to bet Seattle if you want to bet them on the money line. <laughs> so I'm forced to bet the puck line here, That's- which is now. It's now flipped to minus one ten. I got plus one ten on it. Now it's minus one ten. Yeah, you have to move it. Oh uh, God, total six and a half under. But Montreal's giving up goals in droves. Let's bet this. This is not a comfortable one. Okay, this is a bet. So I was stuck with a half a unit flying around last night that I had to bet. Didn't know what the hell to do with it. So I do. <laughs> I did something kind of stupid. Save it for the next day. No, I, I just, it's, it's, I, it's, I have to use it. It's just right. the way my brain works. Okay. Devil's lightning, money line parlay, a minus 130. Devil's gigantic lightning. Not so gigantic, but big. It's only minus 130? Yep. That's where I got it last night. It's moved okay. because it wasn't, it wasn't 430 last night. <laughs> the devil's. Right, 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 right. Okay. Um, now it's minus, now it's, this, this number is gone because of the steam on the devil's. Damn, son. Uh, um. Well, this, this it's not versus. It's both bets. They're not playing yeah. each other. Yeah, money line, so money line. The Devils win. Cryon's wrong. Yeah, the Cryon's wrong, but it's Devils two lightning. game, two game money line parlay. Correct. I mean, it's chalky as hell, son. But yes, we'll, it is. We'll, we'll, you know, like the kids lightning say, are very good at home. Like the kids say, we need to see one go through the hoop. Well, we'll this is a money line. Cash. Let's 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 get it home. Bet it. Bet it. Uh, the lightning at home. Who's losing? Is, Who's going to beat you? I think the lightning might. Red Wings are five, three, and two on the road. Not horrible. Lightning are eight and three and one at home. Yeah, you may get a dud uh, from the lightning. The Tampa Devils could, aren't losing yeah. tonight. No, the I Devils would be the biggest shock. Lost done. <laughs> like, wait, what happened? Yeah. yeah, it'd be stunning to see the devil lose, but the lightning could get me. That's it's possible on that. So we'll see. Uh, favorite thing about today is what? Man, this elf on a shelf thing <laughs> is unbelievable, right? I don't it's great because I'm not really partaking in it. I but finished the shows last night on sports grid. Yeah. yeah, the kids are playing. The kids are doing it. The kids are doing it. But the kid, the big kids are doing it for everybody. So I'm not even asked. I used to have to, you know, set stuff up, all that other stuff and all the things and help. Now I don't. So a little bit of um, like I, I go downstairs in the morning. I'm excited to see where the elf's at. And this morning I come downstairs. 
and the elf. Elves. Multiples, because we have three. Oh. One brought our friends, or his oh. friends. So we have three now, and they're all on board. They're in the kids' underpants. And all of the, 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 the I am London, I am France, I wearing underpants, or whatever those sayings were when we were kids. Right. They typed them all out. <laughs> and I'm going to hang up, do finish the show, and I'm going to go take a picture of it. And I'll post it on my Twitter at SportsBK could see. Was ingenious, and it brought a little bit of a smile to my face because the little one didn't know all the jokes and all the underpants jokes and stuff. <laughs> and I just pointed and I said, whose underpants are those? And we have three girls in the house. Apparently they liked all three pairs of underpants. So wasn't, no one got discriminated against. No one got equal opportunity, equal opportunity. Underpants raid went on here last night. Fun stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Cookie got into a whole bunch of Pringles. Last night, it was chips Wasted everywhere. Pringles? Chips everywhere. <laughs> Don't be wasting the Pringles, P-Roll. They're the best. Um, my favorite, favorite thing. Brand, what's your favorite flavor of Pringles, by the way? Original? Yeah. What would it's, be your second choice, sir? Uh, I like whatever the orange one is. What's the orange? The nacho cheese things? Mm, no, it's not. I don't think it's nacho Barbecue? cheese. Well, Barbecue is really good. Barbecue is good. Sour cream and onion? Sour cream. I get the three pack from Costco where the little, little thing. So it's got the orange or the lunches. Yeah. It's got orange. It's got the original red, orange and green for sour cream and onion. Madeline likes sour cream. And onion. I eat the, I eat the regulars and then the oranges are always left over, but I, I like the orange ones. They're not bad. What do you think of the salt and vinegars? I hate them. What? I don't like salt and vinegar chips. Never have. You don't? No, nah, I don't like, I don't like really tart chips. Salt vinegar chips are the best. Mm, barbecue. If I'm oh picking, if I'm, if I'm go to, I'm going, I'm going just straight kettle cooked plain with salt, a sea salt. That's my go to. But then barbecue chips are number two. Oh my goodness. Okay. Don't mind. Don't, I, I really like the, the red hot chips are really good. The blue corn red hot chips. Oh, those are. It's red hot on everything now with these kids. Everything's hot. This cheeto. I did that. Texas. The the part of me that changed in Texas was the idea that people's food in New England is bland as shit, and there's no flavor to it. And they're they're a hundred percent right. It's kind of like their lives. No, come on now. Come on, people are doing an old bland lives in Connecticut. <laughs> oh, that's a different story. That's Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's true. Connecticut, yes, it's about as bland as bland can be. Yes, it's a walking polo shirt. The whole damn state is <laughs> what it is. So yes, a hundred percent. My favorite thing about today is that I got a note that I want to read because it's always really fun when I find out people that have been following what I've done and following me to this show. Um, this comes from Scott. He said, uh, Matt, I want to just want to send you a note of gratitude for, for talking all the time uh, to provide as much content as you guys do. I was first exposed to you on Sirius Satellite Radio when you were hosting for Sports Grid back in 2020 prior to the shutdown, which is my radio show used to be part of Sports Grid Radio. And that's we have like a very interesting relationship with Sports Grid. Dave does. I do. We've all kind of intermingled for four years now or three years with, mm -hmm. with sports grid uh as a fellow mvc guy meaning 
not my high school, Missouri Valley, not Merrimack Valley. I was impressed with knowledge of Drake at the time. I go a ways back to when Creighton was in the Valley with Dana Altman. That's when I covered it. I digress, but I was diagnosed with cancer in April of 2020. And between chemo and radiation in the COVID lockdown, listening to you daily was one of my bright spots. I'm now cancer-free, and I followed you to the BVB, part of the brigade. I listen to Just the Picks. I follow along occasionally on the Discord channel as well. I have to drive 14 miles to where I live in Kentucky to cross the Tennessee border to go bet online. There are hundreds of people out there giving betting advice, but I've continued to look at you guys and ride with you and Dave. It's not about the money for me. It's about the excitement and about what you guys provide is so bringing so much joy to a guy like me. I'm also a single dad with a daughter, although mine just left for the University of Louisville. Mm. Keep being a dad first. The time will fly by. Do what you can to make those memories last and cherish them as much as you can. I just want to say thank you to you and Dave. And oh yeah, I've bought the steaks too. <laughs> so notes like that makes me go, hell yeah. Right. Love that. Happy Scott, you're cancer free. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of the brigade. Thank you for buying the Omaha steaks as well. You make it easy to get up and do the show every day. So I really that's do it, appreciate man. It. Yeah. That's 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 awesome shit right there, Scott. Thank you for taking the time to to text and DM Matt, and thank you for reading it. And I mean, this is what we're trying to do. We've been trying to do this since day one, and we've been telling people that this would happen, and then nobody listened. <laughs> and we keep doing it and we keep watching the chat grow. We keep watching the listens go up. We keep watching the views go up, you know, and then it stagnates because people get busy, but then you don't know. And then you get the response like that. I mean, we know me and, you know, Farah knows. That's why we keep showing up when we do. We keep telling people, talking to everybody right now about a lot of things. Scott's a testimonial letter. We can use that amongst others. You saw Joe C, Joe C oh. Myers, you know, texted or tweeted at us, you know. I mean, he's driving home every night listening to us in his ears, in his car, and this and that, going back and forth, talking about he's right. Joe C's right. Auburn is a bad job. It's still a bad job, no matter what this guy says. But we love it. We love the back and forth. We love the engagement. We love the damn chat flowing. You mm. guys are talking to each other. Wait till we have this meetup, man. This meetup's going to be fun if you guys can make it. Next Friday, one-year anniversary. Stay tuned. We'll do all that coming up. On one the 16th, year! 16th of December. Lots to come with that. He's Dave. I'm Matt. We'll talk to you tomorrow for a Wednesday episode of the Bostonian versus the book.